Kings Island knows what amazing means for your kid. It's exploring Planet Snoopy, an entire world filled with rides and activities made just for kids, and actually hugging the most famous beagle in the world. Amazing is getting on the fastest ride they've ever been on with mom and dad. It's racing down a water slide at Soak City Water Park. It's a funnel cake as big as their head. And we know what amazing means to you. It's the all-day smile on your kid's face. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $39.99, only at Kroger. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining amounts due. Unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodoran. Joining me, as always, are Monica Fai. On today's episode, we sit down with latest signee for USL League One's Forward Madison FC, Carl Schneider. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter machine at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. We always enjoy your feedback and commentary, so please continue to send it in. Don't forget that you can find the show on any major podcast platform. Leave that five-star review. And hit that subscribe button. Now let's get to today's episode. Joining us right now is the latest signee for USL League One's Madison Ford, Carl Schneider. Carl, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm uh, I'm a little sore on this Saturday morning. It's been a long week of training, but I'm getting ready for preseason, so it's necessary. Absolutely, Carl. You've had a really interesting journey in the world of soccer, I mean, reading through your story, uh, we'll link them in the description. As a Madison native, you, know, you played to high school, college, and now you're playing professionally for your hometown. I mean, when we think of Wisconsin, though, we think more of football than we do soccer. So how was it, you know, growing up in Wisconsin and playing soccer? Um, you know, it's funny. I remember being in, like, third grade or, you know, sometime in elementary school when all my friends were quitting soccer and starting to play football and I actually I actually took a lot of crap from them for playing soccer you know the whole field fairy thing um but I was like you know what I'm pretty good at this so I'm gonna keep going with it and I don't care what you guys say Carl but what was the most difficult aspect overcoming your youth development in Wisconsin I think it's safe to say that Wisconsin is not exactly a hotbed for mm-hmm. soccer. Um, so going from high school to college, I wanted to get recruited to a good program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was playing for the 56ers club. Uh, there's no academy through 56ers. So 
right there is kind of a red flag for some college coaches. Um, so I kind of had to do it the old fashioned way. I went to the UW summer camp and got recognized there. Um, and then, you know, some of the years at Wisconsin, we didn't have great records. So coming out of college, uh, I probably wasn't a super attractive prospect in that sense either. So really it's just been getting in front of people's eyes, uh, and showing them what I can do. And I mean, as you probably know, Carl, there's like this overall debate, you know, between, you know, is development for call, uh, for players, is it the best route to go to college or is it the best route to turn professionally early? Uh, can you speak about, you know, your overall college experience at Madison and how it contributed to your overall game and the player that you are today? Well, I think the the biggest strength I got from it is, uh, are in like the the physical sense. Um, you know, I was in the weight room, I put on muscle. Um, between high school and college, uh, like my fitness grew tenfold. Um, and then Coach Trask at UW is a real stickler about pressuring the ball. You know, going a hundred percent, and that's <laughs> kind of just college soccer in general, you know, because there's the unlimited subs. So you can go a hundred percent for as long as you can and then get subbed out. But when I, when I went to Europe, um, I think it was pretty noticeable how quickly I was shutting the ball down compared to some of my teammates who were a little slower on the field, good footwork and everything, but a lack of intensity on defense. Just generally speaking, do you think the college game right now is in a situation where it can continue to produce players to feed into any of the uh, professional leagues here in America? Or are we seeing a transition where the college game is slowly getting phased out? Well, I guess I'll just say I I, I do love college soccer. Um, you know, I love following it and I loved playing it. That being said, you look at the guys that get drafted in the MLS draft that are from college. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I'd say 80% of them stick around for a year or two and then they don't get their player options picked up. So, and you know, there's guys coming from central America that grew up playing the game and have just put in way more, uh, practice hours than, than the college guys who are mixing in school and everything. Um, and I think that's attractive to pro teams. So I think we are in a bit of a transition. Um, I know there's been talk about making the college season year round. I think that could help. Um, but I did have a coach, uh, tell me once that you are where you're at as a player comes down to like before what, uh, what happened before college, you know, it's the time you put in before that. Um, so I think as it is right now, it's still possible for a college player to succeed. They just have to put in tons of hours, uh, maybe even before college. Absolutely, Carl. And the one thing about uh, your story that really uh, popped out to at least me was your after college, you ended up in the Swedish sixth division. How the hell did that happen? Well, there's a there's a program in Chicago called Bridges or Bridges to the Pros, I guess would be the full name. Um, they train guys all summer. It's usually guys fresh out of college who didn't get picked up by any American teams. Train all summer. Um, they take you over to Europe. Uh, so when we went, we were in Denmark and Sweden. 
um, you know, they get you in front of uh, European clubs, and if those teams like you, they can sign you. Um, for me, uh, we actually didn't play the club that I uh, ended up at. But just through a mutual connection, I got this coach's uh, information, um, headed out to Olmo, and uh, tried out, and they liked me, and I spent the next three seasons there. Talk about that experience in Sweden, how that's brought you back to Madison. How how did that affect you? Well, um, I always say, I always tell people it wasn't much of a culture shock. Um, everyone in Sweden speaks English. So I think for me, it, it was a pretty easy transition, uh, from the U S to Sweden, um, playing wise, uh, the level maybe wasn't as high as I wanted it to be, but I really learned how to push myself. Um, cause I'd go to practice sometimes and I, I would feel like I didn't get the workout that I needed. So you know, I'd wake up early the next morning and go to the gym and push myself or after training, I would do extra running. Um, and, you know, the team, I, I thought the club was very committed to producing good, good soccer. Um, they just didn't have the resources uh, that would really make it a seemingly professional club. Um, so then when I heard that this team in Madison was starting up, I'd been three years in Sweden. Um, you know, I, I really missed Madison. Like it's tough. It's tough when you wake up at seven in the morning in Sweden and you send out a bunch of texts to your friends back home and they're not going to read them for still eight hours. So it was the, the chance to be back in the U S presented itself. And I had to jump all over that. I loved my time in Sweden, but I want to play at the highest level possible. And I think this Madison team is going to be a much higher level than my Swedish team. I got to ask you, you didn't miss the the weather here in Madison and Sweden? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I will say the weather in Madison uh, primed me well for Sweden because it's pretty similar. Although the, the past summer in Sweden was actually the warmest summer they've had in history. So it was beautiful. Um and now I'm in Madison, and we just had the polar vortex, and I know it's not that bad in Sweden. So I don't know. I think Sweden, I guess, has better weather, which is crazy because if you look at a map, Sweden is way further north than us. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's incredible to to have such cold temperatures. But for the upcoming season, how, how's preparation working? How's the preseason? How's the team dynamic coming along as a new club a new league in American soccer landscape? Um, it's, it's, it's coming along. Um, we got, we got the preseason pretty much nailed down. Um, we're going to be scrimmaging some USL teams around the Midwest. Um, we're heading down to Rockford for a week, uh, to get indoors at the sports score, uh, turf. Um, Next week, we got fitness testing at the end of the week. That'll kind of kick things off. Um, you know, as far as being a new club, there's still some things that they're trying to nail down, like uh, player housing. Um, you know, they're really pushing the season tickets. I think I think uh, everyone's pretty optimistic that we'll be selling out Brees Stevens. So I think it's coming along really well. And um, Peter Wilt and everyone has a lot of experience starting new clubs. So. 
we're all pretty confident that it's all going to work out for the best. I know it's kind of early because, I mean, the, the even the USL League One season hasn't even started yet. I mean, just from, you know, your overall just first impressions, do you think this could be a new avenue for some collegiate players to go maybe after, if they don't get drafted by an MLS team, they can go to a USL League One side instead of, you know, having to go to the sixth division of Sweden or something like that? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely uh, an attractive place to end up for a college player because um, before before League One, uh, if you didn't get picked up by a USL team, your choices were then playing PDL. Uh, that would be the highest level you could play, although it's not professional. So you probably wouldn't be getting paid and you'd just be banking on a USL team noticing you playing in the PDL. Or you could go to another country and probably get picked up by a lower league team. Um, obviously, that's a, a pretty big life decision and adjustment. So I think League One can kind of thread the needle between, um, you know, playing semi-pro in the PDL and uh, playing professional, but 5,000 miles from home. Where do you expect uh, to see yourself in the next several seasons and next several years? I mean, what, what can we expect from Carl Schneider? You know, I, I, I don't have my sights set too far down the road right now. Um, I, I really am more interested to see how I stack up to the team this year. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to, I would expect to be kind of a role player, you know, kind of a gritty defender uh, who just locks down the right side. Um, but I think getting in with all these, all these professional players, uh, will benefit me a lot. Um, I'm going to try to learn from them and I think it's really going to up my game and, you know, I'm 26, so I'm kind of right in the sweet spot of like a player's prime. And if in a couple of years, uh, I'm getting looks from like Minnesota United, obviously that would be incredible for me. And I'm, I'm definitely willing to let the let the career go as long as the body holds up. Absolutely, Colin. I gotta ask you one final question. What do you think of the Flamingo, or the Mingo? The, uh, you know, we we saw. You know, it took it took over social media with the, uh, uh, you know, seeing how much uh, snow was coming up. I mean, what, what do you think of it? I love I love the whole Flamingo <laughs> thing. <laughs> I I think it's super unique. Um, I've never. I mean, I can't. I don't think there's any other clubs with flamingos as the logo. Um, I love the color scheme. I'm really glad we don't just have like plain white jerseys. Um, and I got to hand it to the whole social media team. They're killing it. I mean, you look at the comments like under their posts about the Mingo and uh, <laughs> half the people that respond, they're getting responses back from the club. So that's a great way to get people involved and feel like they're a part of the club. So I love all of it. No doubt, Carl. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing League One develop as well as your personal playing time. And uh, thanks for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was fun. There you have it. Carl Schneider of USL Leagues One forward Madison. Now, Armand, League One... uh, this is going to be an interesting little league to to pay attention to as they're getting two more teams in the coming years. 
Uh, I'm know, assuming it's only going to grow. You and I both actually are sitting in a market with a team. However, you do have an MLS uh, club in as well in their backyard. So a lot of these cities are starting to see multiple clubs. I wonder how this is going to affect U.S. soccer. You know, I'm interested uh, at a couple things. First off is the level of play. Um, I want to see what level USL League One is because, I mean, there could be a really interesting point is if it's too low of a level, do you really want some of your players developing there? We're not sure. We're not sure what the level of play is going to be like. I'm interested to see that um, relative to MLS uh, for those academy players to develop. Number two, um, I'm also interested to see how those markets without MLS teams act. I mean, we have Ford Madison, you know, really, first off, unique branding, great uh, great build-up by Peter Wilt, who we've had on the show and who knows how to build a club from his MLS experience. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how those teams do. The well, I think South Georgia Tormenta uh, is another team. A lot of these teams, you know, they don't have MLS uh, uh, that much MLS around them. I want to see how they develop. And overall, the league is interesting because it has it gives MLS teams flexibility on how academy players can get called up to the team. That's why uh, FC Dallas specifically went League One over uh, USL Championship because of the flexibility. I want to see if other MLS teams notice this, see if the uh, competition's good and are like, hey, we're going to move down some. And maybe you won't see some teams in USL Championship with uh, MLS-based teams, but they all might move to League One. Yeah, so you have Chattanooga, Red Bulls, FC Tucson, Ford Madison, Greenville Triumph, Lansing Ignite, North Texas, Orlando City, Richmond Kickers, South Georgia, Tormenta, and Toronto FC. And then expansion teams, Armand spoke about this club on the show before. Do you know who will be an expansion team in the coming seasons? I've definitely read about it, but I don't know. I don't know. Rochester Rhinos. Oh, I like that. I like that. I don't know if they're going to play in their stadium, though. I mean, the story of the Rochester Rhinos is honestly one of the saddest stories in probably U.S. soccer that you, you can think of. But USL League One, if they do this the right way, if they expand at the right rate, they can and their level of play is really good, it should be attractive for collegiate players. It's their avenue for potential collegiate players to go to if they get drafted into ML, into MLS, which, I mean, it's the, the draft is losing so much significance. We don't even see that many players getting drafted. But I'm interested, man. I don't know, Stephen, with what Ford Madison's been doing, they really feel like a, like a grassroots club. If that, I mean, you're in Madison, so you have better perspective yeah, than no. I do. But um, I feel like it's so grassroots. The freaking Flamingo, I love it. I love the Flamingo. Um, I love that they're renovating an old stadium into something, uh, into their stadium. I love their plans of you know, having a 1,000 people in the supporters section. I love their colors. I, I just love it. I don't know. I, I just I love it. My favorite non, I guess, I guess it's my favorite USL League One team. Their branding and stuff. There you go. Um, Armand, before we talk about Madison's PR and, and their fantastic I love it. marketing, did want to mention Rochester plans to start 2020. You got Penn FC as another expansion team. And then just an interesting way to look at the dynamic of the league is you have Orlando City, Toronto, and Dallas who really have or really are sharing their backyard with an MLS team. So wonder how that dynamic feeds into the league and what type of atmospheres and and discussion we have about these clubs with MLS teams and non-MLS marketed teams, geographically speaking. The Tormenta are, what, three hours away from Atlanta. So, you know, 
share the same state but completely different locations. So three hours is quite a drive. But Armand, I mean, you do say something very interesting is that you love the way Ford Madison has branded itself. It has its own personality. You see its grassroots. Do you think this is the model going forward for the expansion franchises going into even MLS? Say with my, what maybe something like what Miami's doing or whatever other markets. Austin seems to have that grassroots feel somewhat. Speaking with Josh Babeski and just talking about Austin's soccer market. Yes, and I think that's the way you have to grow, I think, in this day and age. Um, and it's really easy, too, to connect with people because you have social media. You connect with them on Twitter, on Facebook. You connect with them by getting involved in your community. I'm sure uh, Ford Madison has done something, at least at Wisconsin. I mean, with the signing of uh, Carl, you're getting a guy who's a homegrown, basically, um, to your team. That helps as well. Um, establishing a good rep uh, relationship with the Badgers, that's going to be huge. Um I think grassroots has to be the way to go, and I'm interested to see how other MLS teams do it. For example, uh, will Austin, will Austin FC, you know, you know, reach out and you know, work with University of, of Texas, uh, maybe their their women's team because they don't have a men's team. Um, will a team like Miami, you know, go and you know connect with that Cuban population there um, and attempt to you know form some sort of relationship? I think it's really important, but I'm genuinely impressed by Madison because we don't really consider Wisconsin, I mean, at least I don't, a soccer market. I, I, I do not. I When I think of Wisconsin, I think of Green Bay Packers. I think of Lambeau Field. Um, so to see this, it encourages me for the growth of uh, soccer in America because plain and simple, if you can get it to work in Madison or any other town that we don't really perceive as, foot, as soccer heavy, then why couldn't it work anywhere? No, I think that's an excellent point. Now, what about North Texas Soccer Club? You are in Dallas. You cover FC Dallas. What's the discussion around North Texas Soccer Club? Well, it, it's a different in ideologies. You have Ford Madison being the only professional club in the area. You have North Texas SC, which is specifically made to be a development, uh, a developmental program for you know players that are academy, homegrown, maybe some players that you know were drafted to you know get playing time there and then work their way up. With North Texas SC, you know, it's it's going to be such an interesting dynamic between other teams is because you might have a raucous atmosphere at Ford Madison. Look, with North Texas SC, you can't really expect that. I mean, their first three, four preseason games are actually double headers with the first team. I think that's the, the right way to go. I mean, some people will show up with cheaper tickets or if tickets or tickets are included for season ticket holders, so it would be free. But overall, I'm not sure if you're expecting an amazing atmosphere at a game like North Texas SC. It's just two completely different ideologies. It's, it's not like we're talking about, you know, like two MLS teams. You have one team specifically saying, hey, we want to develop players and we need we want this route because we see how Red Bulls and, you know, RSL have done it. And, you know, SKC, they've used those USL teams to develop players to, you know, work their way up. But with North and with North Texas SC and what you've seen at those games, I don't, I don't know if you ever watched any of those games, Stephen. With those teams, the atmosphere isn't there because you're playing because you, it's not the best product there. The best product there is FC Dallas. The best the best product in Madison. And we know we know is the turnout, Madison. We know the turnout for FC Dallas is uh, very very high. P 
people oh, you really, to throw in there, yeah. really <laughs> love to go to FC Dallas games. So, you know, that's a detriment to the North. But, Texas. but, 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 I, uh, but, but I would like to add, they, they, if they do what they're planning to do, which um, is, you know, play at some other college venues, that, that could be really interesting. Uh, you know, playing in actual Dallas, if they play at SMU or going to Fort Worth and playing at TCU, that could be a very interesting uh, dynamic between the, you know, you know, trying to pull in some people. But if they just play at empty Toyota Stadium, the atmosphere is going to suck. Um, hopefully not, but it's going to be so different, I think, for some of these guys, you know, going to a team where they're the only professional team there to a team where they're not the best product there. So why should people show up? It's basic, you know, competition. No, you're right. And, I mean, we, don't forget, Madison is the affiliate for Minnesota United. So the question is, how will Minnesota United use forward to their advantage in sending players and recalling them and allowing that? Uh, so it's going to be a fun league to pay attention to. you got some interesting teams. Uh, I want a jersey. Forward Madison, when you get a jersey, I want it. I want to rock it. I want to rock it. I want to rock that glorious Mingo. Get me and Steven a jersey. I think is that is that is that what we're going for right now? Yeah, but that's what, definitely what we want. There you go. Um, league one is going to be an exciting exciting league. I think it's it's smaller, so you you'll see a lot more familiarity with the clubs and their styles and the players. So the question is, you know, can there be a natural rivalry that brews up within this league? And I think that's one thing that will be really interesting to to pay attention to because you need rivalry rivalries across sports because you need a fans to get pulled in but you also want players to kind of dislike each other on the field you need a little go in harder for a tackle or you know you, you're going to be a little bit more physical because you just dislike the team once the game's mm-hmm. over the game's over but we'll see well listeners follow us on twitter uncle sam soccer pod at armakafi at steven Jodrand. let us give us your thoughts usl league one we excited if you are in the market for USL League One, what are you expecting from that club? And especially those who are sharing geographically with an MLS club. How do you think that's going to affect uh, both clubs? Good, bad, neutral? Let us hear it. Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Leave, leave us a five-star review and we'll be back later. Hey, if you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card. And after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills of cancel early remaining amounts due. Unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. 